Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you, for fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma, and today I am flying solo, folks. That's right, for the first time in about two weeks No guests, no co-hosts, no call-ins, no nothing, just all Joe today. But let me tell you, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm feeling a little kind of lonely today. I do love doing the shows where I don't necessarily have an agenda and kind of just rattle off my every anything that comes off the top of my head, basically. And I hope you enjoy those, too. I have a lot of other great guests, some new, some returning, lined up in the coming weeks heading into the regular season. And, of course, we are one week away from actual football games. Can you believe it? We are finally into football season. But let me remind everyone here just something real quick. If... If you didn't have a chance to listen to some of the other shows that we had over the last handful of weeks here, month of July, just everything was hit out of the park to use a baseball reference. Go back and check out some of those, including over the last week or two, had some NFL historians on, had my contributor Eric Herman finally come on for the defensive predictions, Nathaniel Bodner from the Steel City Report, and of course the roundtable episode that aired the other day with Neil Coolong of Steelers Wire and Jeff Hartman from Behind the Steel Curtain. Both of those guys were absolutely fantastic. And, of course, a big thank you once again to all of the guests mentioned or not mentioned by name here for helping make the Steel City Underground podcast as great as it has been over the last month or so. Just a roller coaster ride, folks. I can't believe. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the ratings, the listens, all the feedback, everything just so positive. It's only going to get better because guess what? We've got actual things to talk about when it comes to football. But unfortunately, today, today is kind of a hodgepodge of things that eh, they're all off the field kind of BS. I'm going to cover first uh, Brandon Boykin. He hasn't been brought up here for a while. He was an obligatory mention almost all the time during the offseason from after free agency. Everyone was wondering what was going on with him. He finally ends up with the Carolina Panthers, gets tossed off of that team. There was speculation as to any type of health problems. And then Brandon Boykin comes out with some cute little tweet that says something to the regard of, well, I had a note from my doctor. Yeah, that's that's real cute. That gives you a pass with the NFL teams, I'm sure. But the Chicago Bears go take a chance on Brandon Boykin. I believe they actually signed him on Monday, and the guy is already out for the season injured. You know, I, I'm not ragging on Brandon Boykin. And if, in fact, Brandon was listening to this, hey, bro, you're a great corner with the Eagles. Um, feel bad it hasn't worked out for you since the Chip Kelly era there in Philadelphia. Didn't work out for you here in Pittsburgh. We really wanted it to work. We really thought you might be the savior of this secondary. And then, of course, your bad luck with the run-ins, whatever happened in Carolina. And then, of course, uh, unfortunately, your injury in Chicago. We, I do wish that you do get better. It's just a tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek type of joke that I'm making, I mention you all the time because everyone in Pittsburgh, the Yenzers are going to Yens, and we have been Yensing for a very long time about our secondary, and we want our defense back to being great, and I'm going to talk about that today, but not before I'm going to talk about this subject. There was an article that 
was posted over at Steel City Underground last week where an NFC East executive, a Mr. Anonymous, came on, uh, I believe it was Bleacher Reports, and he's quoted as saying, if what's happening in Pittsburgh was happening in New England, referencing, of course, Martavis Bryant and Le'Veon Bell in the, in, in the El Jazeera reports with James Harrison and all that garbage that's going on, he says there would be multiple league investigations. This guy asked not to be identified but continues, but because the Steelers are so liked by the media in the league, they get a pass. Are you freaking kidding me on this? Now, this comes from the NFC East executive, who I hope was not with the Dallas Cowboys, which days later, Ramondo McClain busted for 10 games, suspended for the substance abuse policy, drugs, one of those things. He's using something he's not supposed to be using, a banned substance from the NFL, and guess what? He's banned for 10 games without pay. So sure as, sure as heck hope that this Mr. Anonymous NFC East executive is not from the NFC East Dallas Cowboys because let me tell you, that team has had enough of their own problems, as have other teams throughout the NFC East, such as you remember the whole gun incident when Plaxico Burris, a former Steeler, turned New York Giant, who are a member of the NFC East. You remember that whole incident in the nightclub and how that went down and Plaxico being suspended, and that was probably lax compared to some of the stuff that's happening almost every other day in the NFL right now. The Washington Redskins, are they ever without their own type of controversy? And then I'm going to mention the Philadelphia Eagles, who I was just mentioning with like Brandon Boykin and Chip Kelly, and they have so many things happening on or off the field, and who knows what really happened with Deshaun Jackson. I don't know. He goes from one NFC East team to the other NFC East team. I don't think anyone in the NFL can be considered angels anymore. I hope it doesn't tarnish the league. Certainly it is as popular as ever, and I will certainly be tuning in. And, of course, all of this stuff about whether this tarnishes the Steelers' organization's reputation, the individual players, Le'Veon Bell and whatnot, addressed in those aforementioned podcasts which ran over the last few weeks. So if you want to know more about that, go ahead and check it out. But I, I seriously, seriously think the Steelers really get a pass as opposed to anybody else. Uh, I mean – if you do something bad in the public eye, let's say you go out and you vandalize something, is that going to reflect poorly on your employer? Well, if they keep you employed, maybe it will. If it's a certain hot-button political topic such as this whole marijuana scandal going on in the NFL and doping and whatnot, perhaps it could. I had said that in this article that I had as a response to this NFC East executive that in some cases – some employees are given far more leeway than others. For example, you have the guys that transported those footballs in the deflate gate case. They were gone in the snap of a finger. And then you have Tom Brady. Guess who's still around? So some people are more easy to cut ties with than others. Some other people want to blame Mike Tomlin. But if you're going to do that, as I had said before, you... Are you going to blame Bill Belichick for Aaron Hernandez going on a murder spree? I don't think so. I don't think that's really – it's probably not good for the Patriots, but if you remember, they did that whole thing where they allowed all of the fans who had a Hernandez jersey to turn it in and get something else, and they tried to do something to make it right by the fans. But ultimately, that's out of you know the owner Bob Kraft's control. That's out of Bill Belichick's control. 
you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about these guys smoking dope on their free time if that's what they're doing? We still don't know what's going on with Le'Veon Bell, and we probably won't, but we're promised by August 18th, a little under two weeks here, that we will know something. So do the Steelers necessarily get a, a, a pass? I mean, there's a Cincinnati Bengals website that was questioning this same thing and took the same article and took its slants on it and were just jabbing the Steelers because they're still crying that they haven't done anything since 1991. And they've had their own fair share of problems with players being, I remember when Cedric Benson was there with the DUI and you had guys possessing firearms and anything that Pac-Man Jones has done, well, hey, you know what, we're going to sign him and we're going to bring him aboard because, you know, he's such a a model citizen and all the dirty stuff that happens on the field, let alone off the field, with, like, Vontez Perfect deliberately targeting players with the intent to injure them. Or how about just their fans in general throwing trash on Ben Roethlisberger because he's carted off with an injury and their radio station running Ben Rapist Burger jokes. I addressed that in a, in a former podcast as well. Maybe they should point their finger in the mirror. And there is some very interesting information that was published on this article you guys could check out some of the tweets with the arrests per year per team and it's just like you know some it's just just ridiculous I I don't even care to speak on it anymore just the fact that the NFL is just turning uh turning all these suspensions and everything into hey look at me It, it probably garners far more attention than what we should even give the NFL for this and, and these individual players and whatnot. But just to wrap it up, in 2015, the NFL suspended 22 players of non-drug-related incidents, and then there were 56 suspensions that were handed out for a violation of the league's substance abuse policy. That's up from the 44 substance-related suspensions in 2014. However, in 2016 already, we're at the halfway mark almost with 23 Halfway would be 46, so you're looking at maybe an additional. We get up to 28, we're already halfway there before the season even starts. Are the suspensions working or are they not working? They were up roughly, they were up 12 from the previous year, from 2014 to 2015. Then you had all of this other stuff with Aaron Hernandez, you had Deflategate, you had Spygate, you have the New Orleans Saints bounty program. You have the 49ers Louisiana gambling scandal with a guy who's going in the Hall of Fame this weekend, former owner Eddie DeBarlow Jr. You have Jim Ursay, the Colts owner, getting a six-game suspension for driving under the influence of a non-prescribed prescription medication that he had and was using. And you have Brown's GM, well, former GM, Ray Farmer, and and he's sending texts to people on the sidelines, which is against the NFL's electronic device policy. You have the Atlanta Falcons piping in fake crowd noise through their speaker systems. (laughs) I mean, cheating. These other things, some of these drug things, yeah, they're dangerous and they're bad, but... Deflate gate, spy gate, bounties, electronics, d- device policies, maybe the Patriots screwing with people's headsets, not just the Steelers last year as they accused them. And Farmer sending texts to his former offensive coordinators and the Falcons pumping in fake crowd noise. This stuff is cheating. I would say cheating is far worse than anything else that could possibly go on 
on or off the field. On the field, if you're cheating and you're being dirty, I don't say the Steelers get a pass here. Whoever you are from the NFC East, just grow up. It's probably just another one of these ball boys that that happens. They're going to say executive. Yeah, okay, okay. So, in keeping with the discussion and some of these things that are said and float around the internet. So ESPN's first take goes to St. Vincent College just two days ago. And they're recording the show there live on campus during the Steelers training camp. And Max Kellerman, of course, is the new stand-in for Skip Bayless. If you remember, I had a lot to say about Skip Bayless, both in written and spoken form just one month ago as he left the show and took his shots on the Steelers. So Max Kellerman, no stranger to calling attention upon himself, is now all of a sudden back, I guess, on ESPN after failing at Fox where Skip Bayless is going. And Max Kellerman's the new stand-in, and it's going to say stupid things. So it's just calling the Pittsburgh Steelers defense soft. I'm going to pull up the clip here for you real shortly, and you're going to hear what Mike Tomlin says. Kellerman calls the Steelers' defense soft, and of course, Mike Tomlin, he's not going to like just let those comments go. You're in Tomlin's house here. Coach, when, when you were first announced as a Steelers head coach, and I'm like Stephen A., my first love as a team, actually, were the Steelers, because when I was a kid, you know, me and Joe Green was on the great space coasters, right? <laughs> the Steelers won the Super Bowl every year. And I'm like, who's Mike Tomlin? And you get up Steelers football run the ball stop the run i said oh, okay i could go with this guy this guy i could see why players would it must particularly gall you in terms of your hard-nosed kind of mentality and sensibility when your defense is soft when it's given a, how does a mike tomlin team ever get to a place i'm really curious where the defense is the problem well we didn't suggest that people ran on us successfully so let secondary. it is a secondary there's a certain feeling when right. they throw the ball over the top of you you hate that right. but uh nobody running through us and uh that's remained the same uh fair point. i'll let the stats speak for themselves fair in that point. regard so but to your point uh we do want the defense to be a strength of our football team and the reason why we've won um the makeup of our team hadn't been such over the last several years but at the end of the day man we got to let let egos and our vision of how we win uh to decide some and do what's required to get out of stadiums with w's and play to our strengths and uh, in recent years all offense has been our strength and we can't hate that and I'll let the stats speak for themselves in that regard you're right Mike Tomlin and I'm going to affirm that in one second he says the young guys that have been here that are continuing to grow and develop and hopefully emerge and take the next step in their careers are the real reason why we're excited guys like Stefan Tuitt and Ryan Shazier are no longer young developing guys I agree with you Mike Ryan Shazier has arrived everyone says he's a breakout star He's a pro bowler this year. He stays healthy. As Tomlin continues, and I agree with, they got to be cornerstones of this unit. And from what we've seen thus far, they're ready to take that step. In recent years, our offense has been our strength, and we can't hate that. Okay, Max Kellerman, you got us. The Steelers' defense is coming off one of its worst statistical seasons in nearly a quarter of a century, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. The Steelers have been spending all of their draft picks over the last several years on the defense. They have four former first-round draft picks as their four starting linebackers, or hope to be starting linebackers, whether you like them or not. Jarvis Jones, very solid against the run, and that's what Tomlin is saying here in his quote. 
Steelers, of course, drafting Bud Dupree last year to be on the other side of it. You still have James Harrison there, Arthur Motes, the other first-round draft picks. As we mentioned, Ryan Shazier and, of course, Lawrence Timmons, who's been there, been one of the cornerstones for a very long time on the Steelers' defense. Okay, Steelers were 30th in passing defense. They were 30th in allowing first downs by passing in the NFL last season, but as bad as they were against the pass, third in allowing first downs on the ground, 11th in points against. Third overall in takeaways as they had fourth in fumbles recovered, sixth in interceptions. That pass rush is coming from everywhere now. Will Allen with the most sacks by a Steelers defensive back since the Shea Townsend, what was that, six, seven years ago? He gets four sacks. He is one of 16 different players on the Steelers' defense that registered a sack last season. They got to the quarterback 48 times, good for third best in the NFL, behind one behind the New England Patriots with 49, and of course four behind the Carolina Panthers who were in the Super Bowl with 52. Wow. Their first 40-plus sack season since 2010, which was their last appearance in a Super Bowl. Remember what Mike Tomlin says, bend but don't break. In the red zone, the Pittsburgh Steelers took the ball away seven times, the most in over a decade, which, of course, was also the same number and also a Super Bowl season. Do you see where this is going? The Steelers' defense for being soft? Give that offense Le'Veon Bell or D'Angelo Williams or Antonio Brown, maybe two of the three, or at least one of those guys. They were on the path with a banged-up Ben Roethlisberger who came out of a Cincinnati game the, the week before with all the trash being thrown on him, as I was saying. We didn't even know if Ben was going to be able to play against the Denver Broncos. Antonio Brown is out with the concussion. D'Angelo Williams is hurt, and he's the backup to the guy who was put out by the same Cincinnati Bengals dirty players earlier that same season. You get any of those weapons on the field. The Pittsburgh Steelers last year are a Super Bowl contender. They were they were still a Super Bowl contender with backups of backups playing in place of star performers. Last year when y'all lost to Denver in that divisional playoff game, it seemed to hit you when I watched you in the postgame. It seemed to hit you just a touch harder than other losses in the past have hit you. Talk to me about why it appeared to be that way. Um, because I thought that that group had the unique closeness required to be world champs. Mm-hmm. Um, and forget playmaking ability and the things that you do inside a stadium. I thought that group had the unique closeness that was required for us to be world champs. They told each other the truth. They held each other accountable. We weren't perfect. We made mistakes. But we quickly acknowledged them and we moved on from them. And those characteristics uh, that, that really revealed themselves over the course of the journey is what created those feelings. Did you find yourself, and I know you're not one of those guys about ifs and could'ves and would'ves, but it had to sit up there and just and, and just pause you for a second. If Ben Roethlisberger was healthy, if he wasn't fighting through some stuff, if Antonio Brown, you know, hadn't gotten concussed by Vontez Burfick, if he was available in that particular game, do those kind of thoughts enter your pragmatic mind, even in moments like that? Um, after the fact, you know, when I get a little distance uh, away from the scenario, I can assess it in that way. Uh, I don't know that I allow myself to 
to acknowledge those type things uh, in the midst of it. I'm right. just paid to overcome issues such as the ones you mentioned, and so is our team, and we embrace the responsibility that comes with our positions in that area. But yet you're going to say that this defense, which put up numbers similar to other Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl contending teams, is soft? I don't buy it. And guess what? Yeah, the past defense, it was horrible. You had all kind of guys back there. You had Antoine Blake. He broke pro football focus records for yards allowed in coverage, 1,074 yards, and he missed 28 tackles. Both records, according to PFF. I've said it here many times on the show. And he was split in time with Ross Cockrell, who was picked up off waivers from the Buffalo Bills right before the regular season started. He ends up getting some playing time, but he wasn't the starter. The original starter was Cortez Allen. And two of those three guys are now sent, gone, packing. Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell, very solid safety, very much questioned going into last year, posted the best yards per coverage snap rate in the AFC last year, according to Pro Football Focus. You can read this, of course, in the companion article on SteelCityUnderground.com. I have the tweets embedded in there and some of the statistics. Do we remember the safety situation? Shamarco Thomas, supposed to start, couldn't even hold down the fort against guys who are bagging groceries now, against preseason players. He was terrible in the preseason. He was pretty much lost. I'm usually not too negative towards a player. He has all the physical gifts and talents. Maybe he will come around and put it together, but lost his job. Robert Golden, special teams captain, rewarded with a three-year contract this offseason, impressed, and is one of these hybrid guys that are playing on the field a lot more. The Steelers, of course, addressing a lot of the secondary with draft choices. That didn't work out last year, may not work out again this year. Asenquez Golson lost all of last year with an injury, is now hurt again reportedly Liz Frank injury, which could keep him sidelined for as much as 12 weeks, maybe even more. He has still not been placed on the injured reserve list as of yet. Customary of Coach Mike Tomlin, he will wait until surgery, get the doctor's full and final opinion before making his decision. My guess is, if it is surgery and it is serious, could be injured reserve designation to return, which would put him out for at least half of a season. We've seen that happen before with other Steelers, such as David DeCastro, for example. Staying on the secondary, we remember Brandon Boykin, who I mentioned earlier, was supposed to be the savior, was traded for, didn't get on the field for any variety of reasons. Some of it was uh, thought to be health, his knowledge of the playbook, a bad attitude, some other theories surrounding whether the Steelers were going to use a certain percentage of snaps and reps to allow Boykin on the field, and that might kick up to a higher conditional draft pick that was used to acquire him from the Eagles. So, with him also gone, and the Steelers drafting very productive college athletes, guys with good character, Jeez, Artie Burns is a two-sports star, is a track athlete. You have a guy who could play corner or safety who will be sort of this hybrid, has already been compared to Ryan Shazier as a safety corner hybrid and Sean Davis. He's going to see some playing time. We talked about it the other day, talked about it with Neil Kulong and Jeff Hartman. We talked about which of these three guys out of Artie Burns, Sean Davis, and, of course, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave will get the most playing time. We already know William Gay is solid. 
William Gay, only starting cornerback in the NFL last year to not allow a touchdown during the regular season. We know Mike Mitchell is already good. We know Cam Hayward. We know Stephon Tuitt. I mentioned all the linebackers. Any of these young kids, one of them, Javon Hargraves ends up good. If he ends up being an impact player as a nose tackle and somebody who could be in relief of Tuitt or Hayward, that front seven is going to be lights out. That's also going to help this secondary. But can you imagine if Sean Davis lives up to the hype, if Robert Golden even wins that starting job and Davis just happens to come in and maybe nickel and dime packages or they alternate them or even Davis plays maybe some of the slot corner, which they were already toying with when Senquez Golson got hurt the other day. We could also see Artie Burns compete with Ross Cockrell. Artie Burns may be a starting corner. Who knows? Ross Cockrell, I'm not selling this guy out yet either. I was fairly impressed with him last season. Perfect? No. But is he capable? Absolutely. So, as long as any of these guys play better than Antoine Blake did and they make up for Will Allen's play last year also as a safety and any of the other younger guys that are coming on, some of these younger linebackers like Anthony Chiquillo, maybe we see Travis Feeney make this team. They're going to be special teams impact players. We forgot about Vince Williams who rotates in as an inside linebacker. Man, this is some very exciting times. I don't know that the Steelers' pass defense could get any worse. They continue what they were doing with turnovers and against the run game and just improve the passing yards. I don't even care. Throw as much as you want. Just get that 30th passing first down statistic down into the middle of the pack, and they're not going to be giving up very many points. They also were just lights out in the red zone, as I had said before. They just don't. They were they were not allowing teams to score very many points for a, a decent stretch of the 2015 season. I do not think, do not think they can do much worse than last year. Jeez, crossing fingers. You guys can't see this because this is an audio recording, but I'm crossing my fingers here and saying that and that I don't jinx this team. But I do believe that players like Sean Davis or Javon Hargrave could be day one starters. I am not as worried. I am not going to throw out buzzwords that rile people like myself and other Steelers Nation members up like Max Kellerman will. I don't think this defense is soft. I would love you to tell James Harrison that he's soft. (laughs) Tell Cam Hayward he's soft. Tell the gravedigger Javon Hargrave that he's soft. Tell Stephon Tuitt that he's soft. Tell Ryan Shazier he's soft. Tell Lawrence Timmons he's soft. Jarvis Jones... Not soft against the run, okay? But Dupree, but Dupree, as we mentioned, 20 pounds lighter. He is aimed at being the perfect athlete. Artie Burns is one heck of an athlete. Sean Davis is an athlete. We know what William Gay can do. We know what Mike Mitchell, Mike Mitchell? Are you going to tell me Mike Mitchell is soft? Maybe William Gay's little bird dance is soft, but let me tell you, Max Kellerman, the next time you mentioned, the next time you mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense in the future, you may want to use a better choice of words. And I I do believe, barring any setbacks, this defense is going to be better this year. We're going to see. This is, this is going to be a very exciting season. I cannot wait to see some of these players on the field one week away when they play the Detroit Lions. That coming soon when I have 
some more guests on next week for the Steel City Underground podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, if you would like your voice to be heard, remember, call the Steel City Underground hotline at 203-900-4SCU. That's the acronym for Steel City Underground. The best calls will be aired on this show. I apologize to anyone who has left a message thus far, like I said in the last program. I can only answer so many questions. I do have some of these topics set aside for the guests coming up in the future weeks. So just hold tight. Some of you have left a message. Still working on getting that played. For anyone else, what you waiting for? Call in, please. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you once again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be good, and I will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.